Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drew, and I want to welcome you back to Learn How to See Better. It's the only podcast out there that will improve your vision the longer you listen. And in today's episode, I want to have a little bit more fun, just like I did in the last episode. I was looking for a creative way to uh, just put some good value in the world, and I was laughing as I recently reminisced and thought back to um, some of the funny stories now as I look back at them. Uh, from my first rental property experience. And I was really just trying to share some simple tips for landlords that I think everyone should, um, everyone that's interested in getting involved with the rental property business should at least consider, right? Consider these tips. If you've already been having a lot of success for a long time in this arena, you are probably uh, doing these things anyway. But I thought about uh, this from the standpoint of, uh, you know, the pitfalls that I made early on and how I was able to change those uh, to platforms to, uh, you know, pivot and make adjustments to the way that we manage our properties, manage ourselves and our expectations of ourselves and others, manage our emotions when things don't go our way. And so, yeah, just that process really got the wheels turning. And so I thought I'd kind of revisit um, just one part of the discussion that I touched on a little bit in this last episode, because I was talking about at a high level, it's it's really like you have these, these pillars or these main categories or areas of consideration that it makes a lot of sense to look at if you are going to be a landlord in any sort of capacity, small or large scale. And just to, uh, you know, kind of go through those and and the one I want to focus on today being the first and and one of the key ones is the criteria, the criteria involved with some of your investment objectives, your, your whole outlook, your whole intention, what you want your experience to be. And it's important to give that some thought because me personally, I kind of entered this by accident as I kind of shared a little bit over, over the past, um, you know, I didn't necessarily look to be a landlord. I found myself in a situation where, hey, I had this property I needed to rent and the market, it was not giving me an ideal time to sell the property. So I thought, hey, let me rent it. And I only had the most basic criteria in mind, but I really hadn't thought it through. So when I say basic, it wasn't really a compliment to the simplicity. It was basic in that I should have maybe spent a little bit more time thinking about it. And so uh, in this episode, I just wanted to talk through, um, you know, some of those considerations in a bit more detail because I kind of just glossed over it in the, from the perspective of what my experience was, but on a more expanded scale, how anyone could look at their own criteria and just ask themselves some basic questions to make sure that they've got their best interests in mind when they set out or even continue on this journey. And so let's talk about some of those criteria. Uh, we can talk about, you know, uh, you know, accounting and marketing and, and paperwork a little bit later on, but I just wanted to kind of brain dump a few things. And uh, if you stick around to the end, I'll let you uh, get a glimpse as to how you can kind of access some of my thoughts on this because I've been compiling this, uh, trying to look for a better way to be able to help people with some of this information obtained from the experiences I've had. And so it really kind of boils down to two criteria. You know, you either have a house already. And I know in the last episode, I was talking a lot about the the concept. If if a house free and clear just landed in your lap, you know, what would you do with it? How would you handle that? Assuming you knew you just walked into a money-making opportunity. But if you had to buy a house, you'd probably have a couple of basic questions. And I'm not going to spend much time on that here because most people say, well, you made the the scenario unrealistic. Who has a house fall in their lap? And 
Well, the fact is, you know, there's people that come into the earth and leave the earth all the time. And, and sometimes the individuals that leave the earth have possessions that they leave behind. And you may find yourself uh, fortunate enough to inherit some of that, uh, depending on how all that goes and looks for you. But if you're buying a house, you know, some of the basic questions might just be as simple as like, well, hey, have you thought about a budget? You know, last I checked, homes weren't free. Uh, value of a home might drop, but seldomly goes to zero, at least in my experience. But yeah, you might have to start with the basic questions of, you know, what can you pay? What would you be willing to pay or what do you have the capacity to pay for as it pertains to buying a rental property? Something that's going to be an investment to make you money. That might be a question you've never thought of before. Well, you know, depending on your area of the world, prices of a house could, could vary widely. And what you can pay is a loaded question. Are we talking about cash in your bank account? Or are we talking about your ability to get financing? That's a good question to ask. Do you need to get financing? I know when I first got into real estate, I always thought like, wow, you know, you have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting around to buy a house because, you know, a house costs at least $100,000. Mind you, I didn't know much about housing at the time, but I didn't know much about financing either. Clearly, at a certain point in life, banks might just be, you know, checkings and savings accounts for you. You don't see the investment side based on where you're at in life. And so asking yourself basic questions like, okay, do I need financing if I want to buy a house? Or questions like, okay, do I have access to credit? Maybe thinking, do I have good credit might be a good one to think through, right? Sometimes people need to be able to uh, upgrade some of their uh, personal habits and clean up some personal situations with regards to their credit before they can actually uh, position themselves to be able to uh, get financing for money-making opportunities. And so these are just like a handful of simple things, you know, where you want to buy, they say real estate's always location, 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 but you know, there's more to think about it than just that. Because what if location, location, location is across town or in another city? For some, it makes sense to start close to home. Does that matter to you? Good questions to think about. How long do you want to keep the thing? Are you going to hold it forever? Or if you got a loan, do you have to pay the loan off within a certain amount of time? Some people these days want to leverage their assets and use them a little bit more. So if you buy the cabin in the woods, you might want to go stay in it a couple of weeks a year. That's a consideration for you. You know, you hear about opportunities like Airbnbs and people having short-term rentals and you know, that could be very attractive if that's part of your criteria and part of what you're really looking for. So again, just a handful of thoughts. If, if you're considering to go out and purchase a property, it's not just the price tag on it. Do you have what it takes to take down that deal or do you need a little assistance? And what are you going to do with it? You know, and that's just the budgeting piece. But if we assumed for the sake of simplicity that you had this house fall into your lap, more appropriate criteria questions might be some such as these. What are your income goals? I talked about how I just wanted the property to cash flow. I had a loan on it. I just wanted to be able to clear the loan and a little extra to make me feel like I was a wise investor. (laughs) Kind of funny. Another good question might be, how much will you get in rent? Because the amount I thought I could get in rent or the amount that I wanted to get in rent, it's kind of like, yeah, that's cool, but 
says who you might want that but you might not have access to that so that is a very valid question when you start to think about how much were you getting rent it's like well if you think rent should be this and the market says no 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 the rent is this guess who wins so that's just a simple consideration there that you have to think about because if you already own the house and think you can just get a certain amount of rent because that's what you want you may find yourself disappointed that's what my scenario was. Yeah, a few extra hundred bucks over my mortgage ought to do the trick. Yeah, the market said a few hundred bucks under your mortgage was what you were going to get. And once I learned that lesson, the bleeding finally stopped month after month after month. So don't be like me on my first rental. Have a good grasp on reality to what you have the ability to get in rent, not just what you want. And then thinking through questions like, well, how long are you going to rent this thing for? Do you want one tenant forever? Or do you want annual turnover or a new tenant every couple of years, like an auto lease? You know, there's pros and cons to that. Some things to consider. You've got a new tenant every year. Every time you're out there marketing that property, you've probably got a great chance to get a good pulse on the current market rent rate and be able to adjust your rents accordingly. But if you got one tenant in the house for five, six, seven years because they've been so um, much of a blessing. They've paid on time, haven't given any problems. Everything's been automatic clockwork. You might find that the housing market could change over the course of the half a decade or so. So make sure that you're having some sort of periodic review of what rents look like and make sense because some people on the other end of the spectrum have been known to actually lose tenants if they are charging rates that don't seem to keep up with the market right? You might be charging too much in your area. So how long will you rent for? What are your cost requirements or your price requirements or your rental needs? Some people have tenant requirements that are worthy to consider. If you're doing this by yourself, you might just be meeting people and going off of a hunch. That might seem like it works well, but sometimes you might find yourself unexpected surprised so there's the idea of kind of trust but verify and that's what uh, having some criteria in place can really assist you with you know do you have any requirements for uh, income or job history when you're when you're looking at uh, your tenant selection and again I'm not getting into all the nuts and bolts of this you can call a property management company and have them tackle this for you but the idea is a professional company is going to say hey if you want to be able to rent this property, you're going to need to qualify based on some basic data points. So having a feel for what those are, this could matter to you, right? I remember um, with this first property, again, first one's to fog a glass. So we weren't so concerned with all the details of what they did for a living or what their job history was or how long they worked there because one of the applicants had only been at the job two weeks, right? So how much does that matter? Or do you need to check out how long they were at the previous job? Because if that was just two months and then maybe two months before that, if you get the idea, if there is unstable work history, there might be instabilities in the income. But you don't know that. You just have to have a process or set a criteria by which you can kind of determine, hey, this is what it's set to be for this property right? You know, some people have different preferences or our requirements around pets or smoking. These are criteria that you get to decide for you. 
You know, I remember uh, the second rental property we had. A big learning lesson here was that, okay, we had our first uh, residence that had pets. Okay, that's great. We thought, well, you know, sometimes pets might have an accident. You might need to take a little bit extra for uh, the pet deposit, right? This was something I'd learned along the way, but we didn't really have an understanding of what uh, would make sense for the pet deposit and how the wording of the paperwork would be lined up. And so all of a sudden you might realize, and I'll talk more about this later, if your paperwork's not set up right, you might have a lot of damage caused by pets that you're not prepared for. <laughs> so what are your criteria? Are you set up for handling that? Um, you know, you've always got to be able to be uh, abreast of what the the local, you know, information and local laws are in your area around rentals. I'm not, uh, you know, any kind of legal professional, so I don't advise on that piece, but these are just ideas and questions for you to consider and think about that if they've never crossed your mind before, you get the opportunity to think of them. Typically when they are a surprise or a crisis, like, okay, you're not going to be able to rent to new tenants until all the carpet and all the padding comes out and is replaced. Yes, that was a learning opportunity for us. And that taught us a few things about paperwork and it helped us to change our requirements. Okay, if we're going to have, you know, pets in the home, these are the adjustments that need to uh, be put in place and the criteria set up that will help define a successful win-win experience for all parties. Pretty cool, right? But having the criteria in place will really help you uh, avoid a whole lot, right? Are you going to have criteria in place around certain background checks so that you can feel safe collecting your rent from your, from your property? These are all questions that you have to ask. And I'll sum it up by asking the most criteria-based important question that you need to think of. And it's this. What is your ideal experience? Tell me what it looks like. Because if you can tell me what it looks like, I can tell you what the components or the criteria associated with that perfect vision really are. Because if the vision's laid out with clarity, that vision's going to clearly identify what the criteria are and what components are not a part of that picture. And that can be a fantastic starting point to keep in mind when you're looking at your overall situation as you look at this experience. So that's a piece I want to encourage you to do if you haven't already and you've listened this long. Because really what I'd like to do now is say, okay, if you, you see the big picture and how defining criteria at a whole different level, it's not just about the dollars and cents of it, but the entire experience that, that you see at this point, that you see at this point being the most important part. So I can go on and on with the idea of this short secondary segment to talk about criteria for landlords to really make sure that they are setting themselves up for success was the main idea and to drill down a little bit further. Now, again, if you've listened this long, you're probably a landlord. Shout it out for me. Where are my landlords at? Hey. <laughs> so what I'd like to do is, is, is give you the opportunity to take advantage of really just something simple. It's a checklist. It's the collection. It's the download, the compressed version of these thoughts. I wanted to put them together and I've been compiling this and I thought it'd be useful uh, and here instead of hearing me ramble on about this with with all the, the color commentary of the stories you might just want the black and white version where you can have that cheat sheet to reflect on as you are looking at maybe your next rental property or your first rental property to say what criteria of these should I go back and give a little bit more thought to 
What are the experiences I've had thus far that have led to me having success or led to me not? Or if you're looking at this for the first time, who do you know that's had some experiences? What criteria just from listening to this can you hear that they should have considered to avoid their ailment? It spells itself out. So again, if you're a landlord and want this uh, compressed, digested list, uh, let me know. Let me know. Uh, you could actually send me a text message and I can get a copy over this to you lickety split. Um, you can text the keyword landlord. One word. Eight letters. Landlord. That just gives me a way to know that you are a landlord, that you'd benefit from this useful information and are intending to use it to help you set yourself up for success in rental real estate. So that's, again, the keyword landlord, L-A-N-D-L-O-R-D. You text that keyword to this phone number, 602-362-8607. Again, 602-362-8607. Text the keyword landlord, and I'll make sure to give you a link to this checklist. So you'll have these questions available to you for your own considerations. And just the idea, again, the value being that it allows you to take all the swirling thoughts that might be in your mind right now and really just boil those down to the key considerations that you want to give some conscious thinking towards so that you can set yourself up for success because it is about how you inspect what you expect that helps you define the success that you will enjoy. And with that, I'll go ahead and close this one out. Thank you again for listening. Be sure to share this with a friend if you find it will benefit them. This is your host, Drew Davis. Learn how to see better. It's the only podcast out there that will improve your vision the longer you listen.